Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The 32nd annual Hillside Festival takes place July 24th, 25th, and 26th at Guelph Lake, rain or shine, featuring performances by Astral Swans, Bad Bad Not Good, Badminton Racket, Baskery, Battle of Santiago, Braids, The Brothers Landreth, Bulgarian Voices Trio, By Divine Right, Tim Chasen, Nels Klein Singers, Constantines, Nick Crane, Alex Cuba, Daka Braca, Del Bell, Doldrums, Echo Deck, Darren Edens, Eloquent, Etiquette, Nick Ferrio, Jeremy Fisher, Frazy Ford, David Francie, The Good Lovelies, Great Lake Swimmers, Ash Grunwald, Hungai, The Henrys, Suzanne Jarvie, Mo Kenny, The Cramdens, Daniel Lanois, Last X, Lee Reed, Lids, Look Vibrant, Le Luc, Minotaurs, Moonface, The Once, Nancy Pants, Doug Pace, Fred Penner, Perch Creek, Poor Man's Whiskey, Natalie Prass, The Spring Standard, Jamie Stone's Lomax Project, Sultans of String, Team, Thus Owl, Tribekistan, Riley Walker, The Weather Station, Jason Wilson and Pee Wee Ellis, and more to be announced. For more information about purchasing tickets to this accessible event, please visit hillsidefestival.ca. Creative Control with Vish Khanna. A couple, three, four weeks ago, I had the opportunity to interview Matthew Hauk of the American band Phosphorescent. Uh, this past February, Dead Oceans released a triple live album by the band. It's called Live at the Music Hall. And they are playing, at least uh, in the near future, it seems like they're only playing one show. Phosphorescent are playing at the Untapped Festival in Austin, Texas, on April 18th. So now seems the right time to release this chat with Matthew into the world. You're going to hear a new song from this live album on this show and uh, insights about Matthew. So that's the deal. Myself, Matthew Hauk, the Phosphorescent, on the show right now. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker, Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. It's gourmet panzerati, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza, the pizza. Personally... I like the gourmet Domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio. 
Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. This is a this is a song called Song for Zula. Phosphorescent is the moniker of Matthew Houck, a prolific and well-loved singer and songwriter who calls Brooklyn, New York, home. Initially based in Athens, Georgia, Houck began releasing music as Philip Shack before working under Phosphorescent and releasing seven acclaimed albums with different collaborators. In December 2013, after eight months of touring behind their album Muchacho, Phosphorescent played a four-night homecoming stand at the Music Hall in Brooklyn with sets that touched upon all of their records up to that point. This past February, Dead Oceans released an explosive document of those shows with the triple LP live at the Music Hall. And here to dis- here now to discuss it further is Phosphorescent's mastermind, Matthew Hauke. Hi, Matthew. How are you? Uh, hello. I'm doing good. Thanks. It's nice to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, where are you? I am presently in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Now, what brings you to Nashville? Uh, moved, moved down here, left New York City, and uh, am down here for for a little while, at least uh, at least for a year. That means there's already an error in the introduction that I've already sent out <laughs> into the world. Uh, I feel terrible. I'm sorry. That's okay. There's uh, errors are uh, part of the part of the game. How long have you been in Nashville? Uh, just a, just a few months, uh, a couple months really. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just just shifted uh, shifted the studio and and uh, everything down here, uh, and still getting it set up. That's a big move for uh, to to make there. What prompted the move? Uh, well, the idea was to skip uh, skip another New York winter. Um, I had a uh I had a daughter, a little daughter. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, nice. Yeah, thank you. So uh me and her mom and uh and uh her are yeah, decided to get out of the city for um the winter at least and see see what Nashville's kind of doing down here. 
and also get just kind of get out of the city and, and maybe make this next record. Okay, that's nice. Have you run into yeah. uh, Have you run into Harmony Kareen or or David Berman or anybody? <laughs> Not yet. I, I haven't. I actually, we we got a place kind of out on the way on the outskirts, uh, and I haven't. I, we, I was actually in Australia for. Uh, we ended up going to Australia for uh, a couple months for a tour, and then also uh, my partner. She's she's Australian, so um, we ended up being down there for the for the winter. And so while I've technically been here for a couple months, I've actually only physically been here, uh, you know, for a few weeks. So I'm still kind of uh, like an interloper at this point. Okay, all right. Well, there's lots to see and do in Nashville. I mean, there's the Hatch yeah. Show. Hat show print shop is that still there that sure is yeah i like that place that place is do cool. you do you know you spent time here huh I, I was there i think i've only been there have i been there more than once i was there in like 2000 i was road managing a band called royal city from canada oh yeah sure so we went uh we did all the we went to tootsies and and uh ernest tubbs records and and uh the hat show print yeah. was one of the highlights for sure yeah man it's uh i, I love that whole uh that whole little downtown strip there is pretty cool. The, some of the locals referred to it as Nash Vegas now. Yeah, yeah. Or they did. Sorry, fifteen years ago. I can't believe it's been fifteen years. Anyway, enough about me. I just uh, <laughs> I like Nashville and I like David Berman, so I'm glad you're there. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. the same way. Now you took a while to figure out what to do with the tapes uh, of these music hall concerts. Can you talk about why? Um. That would not. That wouldn't be true either. Actually, I I didn't take a while to decide. I t- it took a while to um, find the time to uh, to get them into a studio and listen to them. I I knew they oh, were okay. recorded. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I knew they were recorded. We just uh, you know schedules have been so busy. Um, it was several months before I was able to you know book time in the studio and, and pull them up on a multi track, and. Uh, I, as soon as I heard them, um, it was decided at that point to release the record. Like we didn't, I didn't record them with the idea of making a record. Um, I just recorded those shows, um, kind of for the same reason I record a lot of shows if I can, but this was the first chance that we had to, you know, be four nights in a row in one room with all the same mics set up, you know, and get a multi-track. Um, so it was just recorded for, for, uh, I guess posterity, you know, um, mm-hmm. And just 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 cause we could, and I always like to record stuff if you can. Um, but yeah, really immediately upon on, on hearing just the rough rough uh, multi track sessions, uh, I was I was pretty convinced that it should be you know released and and, and put as a proper record out there. So when you rec- when you say other shows of yours have been recorded, they they've been a bit more what just like straight board mixes or room set room mics. Yeah, you know, like whatever, whatever I can kind of get my hands on. Uh, so yeah, a lot of just like you know, exactly that board mixes, uh, stereo, you know, just stereo board mixes or a room mic or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I only have. There's not been that many shows where I've been able to have a multi-track, uh, and especially, I mean, I don't know how uh, how much you want to let this discussion get get bogged down in, in technical stuff. But a hundred percent having a hundred percent bogged cool. down in oh, that. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's get let's nerd out. Then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, this was even even it's different getting a split from getting the board, getting the the, the multi track from the from the show board. This was different because we were able to get just a straight signal 
independent of the show board, a, a whole nother board that was just the recording nice. rig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this was kind of the first time I've had the chance to do that, even though I've had other multi-tracks. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was like, yeah, the opportunity was that it was going to be a special run of shows. I knew that. Um, and it was the first time that it was going to be, like I said, you could set it up on the first night and have four nights of going. Right. Because inevitably, uh, on any given night that you try to record a show, something uh, like a mic, a mic will go out or a mic will get kicked over at some point during the set or something, you know, will, will go wrong. And of course it did. Uh, but, you know, on, in this case, we had a couple other shows. If, if like, So, for example, a piano mic went bad. Uh, and oddly enough, kind of stayed bad throughout all of the shows. <laughs> <laughs> but but we didn't, but like it was kind of kicking on and off. So like, luckily it would be like if it if it kicked off or got all scratchy in one, one, one show, normally we'd be able to go to another show and it wouldn't have done it, you know, fingers crossed, it didn't do it in that show as well. You weren't checking the recordings after the sh- each show to make, sh- just to get a sense of what they were like or? No, no, not at all. Okay. Um, the, playing the shows themselves were pretty all encompassing, uh, you know, so I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't even part of the the group who was actually recording it. We we just hired out, you know, uh, a live uh, session recording people. I don't even, um, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I don't know who they even hired. Um, <laughs> no, that's cool. Know. But I mean, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a complicated thing getting a live show to sound. You got the ambient mics. You got your two boards. You got going there. It sounds like it's a bit of a production. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is a project like this distracting? Like, would you rather be expending your creative energy on making something new rather than something that's already done? Um, that's a good question. Um, this one to me didn't feel like doing anything that was already done. So, uh, it wasn't a a decision. And also this one didn't require nearly, I mean, even close to as much work as a, as a, you know, a new record would. Um, but yeah, this seemed to me like it was, uh, yeah, I mean, we, I, you know, I mixed this thing once we once we got the, the tracks pulled up. We mixed it, I think, in like, I guess, four or five days. So it was it wasn't really super labor intensive. Um, but then, uh, so yeah, it didn't it didn't require that of me, and I and I was I was happy to uh, to finally just get a chance, I think, to document kind of the, I don't know, at least this one moment of what uh, of what phosphorescent was up to, because uh, I think it I think it's. Uh, yeah, I just think it's a really special kind of uh, kind of thing we had going on. And, yeah, it's a it's a yeah. career spanning set that you seem to be playing, and you have this band uh, with you that you were quite fond of. Like, what what actually happened to your old? Sometimes when you put a band together to work on a new record, like to to work on songs from the new record, your old songs take on that same flavor. Like, what happened to your work on that tour? And by the time you got to the music yeah. hall, yeah. Um, that's exactly right. It it uh, it took on it had taken on all kinds of uh, of new dimensions. Um, which some of these songs, you know, were uh, digging back for almost you know eight nine years. So um, some of them, of course, are are just radically different different things from the whatever they were on the record originally. Um, but specifically, I think I do think there is a a, a consistent flavor. Uh, like you say, th- throughout this thing, uh, and I think that was kind of one of the things that made me that made me realize immediately that I wanted to to do something with it is because I I wasn't like 
Well, it's kind of a trick. It's like it does serve, I guess, like you just said, as a, uh, I guess, retrospective or something like a, a career-spanning thing. But it doesn't feel that way to me. It feels like a, a cohesive album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which I didn't. Which that was the only thing that made me want to release it. Honestly, like it feels like it stands on its own as a record that has an arc and you know kind of the same way that I feel about my albums I felt about this thing um and so it seems to me like it, it you know it is in fact a live record but to me it just feels like a record record you know um so yeah so uh, you know it and and yeah that that cohesiveness I think was something really really special that you know it feels like a journey to me I think from from a you know a start to a finish yeah yeah that that comes across do you yourself like other people's live albums? Are there live albums that stick out for you as sort of monumental things? Yeah, for sure. I um uh I spoke about this one in the uh in the in an early interview about about this record and uh it seemed to have gotten featured too heavily, I think, in the in the press release, but what can you do, I guess? Um uh but I'll mention it again. There's this there's this <laughs> record called Hard Rain, <laughs> uh by Dylan. Yeah. Which, uh, in, in a, that I think this record, the Live at the Music Hall does, I think some similar things, which is that it's, uh, it's just a, it's just a, a picture of what these songs are on, at, a, at a specific moment in time, um, which is radically different by and large from the, from the recorded versions that anybody else might have, uh, <clears throat> you know, heard. Uh, and I think that's something really, really special and that hard rain record is like that where you know the songs are unrecognizable uh basically uh when compared to their album versions uh and there's so much better i think i think that's a i think that's something that that if you do your job right as a as a writer um on the front side you know uh hopefully these songs can kind of withstand uh you know these drastically different treatments and still find some core of something, uh, something in there, you know. Yeah, so, I, uh, I, yeah, I hear within your answer a resistance to this notion that the ultimate rendition of a song is a studio recording on an album. Exactly. Yeah, these songs are made to to wander around, aren't they? Yeah, you know, I reckon so. I, it's uh, yeah, exactly that. It's it seems strange to me that I'm kind of. If I've got a shuffle going of some kind, I don't mean a dance. Mm-hmm. I don't mean like if I'm dancing all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean if like iTunes or whatever, whatever I'm using, I'm, I'm, I'm downplaying the fact that I use iTunes. That's what, that's what that was. I was going for some credibility. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. If I don't have my record player going, you know. <laughs> <laughs> On shuffle, yeah. <laughs> and nice. I just have some shuffle going. I do have a reflex now that if a live version of a song comes on, I sometimes skip it, and I, I've caught myself doing it. I don't know why, what the hell is going on with me, but there is this right. feeling that the live... I think it's... This kind of leads into my next question, because I think that people were saying that the concert industry saved the music industry, right? Because no one was really buying records anymore. Right. So I'm confused about what the live album, the role of the live album is in that equation, because <laughs> yeah, on, on some level, I reject the live album because I'd just rather go see the show. Right. Um, yeah. Let's, I don't know if I there mean, was a question yeah. there. I was just more of an observation. I just feel like yeah. live albums are confusing that way. Like I, I have some, if I particularly if I know, 
okay, here's another way of looking at it. If I've never seen a band before, or mm-hmm. like if it's a band that's gone, a live album seems vital. Right. Um, it's like evidence. It's like a... Uh, it's, right. Yeah. But if it's like like Wilco. Wilco have a great live album. And when I used to see right. Wilco all the time, it was fun. I liked seeing Wilco all the time. But I... But you didn't want to hear the live record. Uh, not as much. Not as much yeah, somehow. Yeah. I don't understand why that is. And you, I gather that you've con- you've encountered this impulse having just released a triple live album. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I don't... The funny thing about that stuff is the way I am as a, uh, I think as a listener and a, and a, uh, yeah, a fan of, of music that isn't mine. Uh, I, that, I, that's a whole different thing than the way I am about, about my own music. I think, um, I, I, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I don't, uh, I really, if I think too hard about it, uh, I'd probably never release anything because it seems, <laughs> you know, like just futile and kind of, uh, kind of a ridiculous human, uh, endeavor, you know? Uh, so the, the way, I mean, so for me, it's, it's kind of like, I, I liked this, this record, uh, and, and like I said, I thought it held up as a record mm-hmm. and that was enough. Um, and I'll kind of just let the chips fall where they do as far as, uh, you know, the, the way, people perceive live records or whatever stigma or, or things like that you know that, that i think thinking down those kinds of lines you're just gonna end up frozen so um, yeah but yeah I, I you know yeah. yeah i think also that in the old days when artists had multi-year contracts with multi-album deals sometimes a greatest sure. hits record or a live album was kind of their way of like well this fulfills yeah. that you know and you yeah you, this yeah. was not your this was not a condition that you were fulfilling no, not at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of come around they, in a way that this is something you really think represents a place and time for you that is as vital as any album you might put out. Yeah, yeah, exactly that, you know? And yeah, I don't, it, I do, I know what you mean exactly about, but that, I think those days are uh, probably gone as far as like having where, you know, a band is going to issue like a, just a, please the label kind of release um mm-hmm. i mean i don't know maybe that maybe that does still happen on in some other level that, I, that i'm not aware of but um yeah you know it seems like i, I mean you know you used to have band, bands would put out records every six months you know um, yeah in the beginning in the beginning of uh this stuff and then you know now i think you your label will, will tell you you know like don't don't put out anything for you know let another eight months pass because you just got to wait for people to be ready for another record. You know, it's yeah, kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Live at the music hall is this very beautiful. I don't have a physical copy of this thing yet, but I, I know that the uh, album cover is really lo- oh, like a lovely photo. Yeah. It's a hell of a package. Actually. I wish you, uh, when we get done talking, give me your address and we'll, we'll get you one out. Oh, that's nice. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really, re- I'm really proud of the packaging. I worked, uh, pretty hard on it. And I think it looks, uh, I mean, it looks, it looks killer. Well, one of the reasons I brought it up is because I wonder if this was documented uh, the way you say it was. Was, was there any film of it? Because it, I imagine it would look pretty cool for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. There's no film from our end of it. And uh, to be honest, the the, the album images, uh, I, we had to reach out to photographers who were who we knew were at the show. Oh, uh, way you know, way after the fact, after we realized we were going to release it and try to, you know. Try to see what what kind of images there were because we didn't we didn't have anybody. Like I said, we weren't we weren't really planning on making this a live record at all. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't it wasn't covered in that way. But luckily, uh, 
like that cover photo i think is really is really a a ripper of a photo and now, so we uh the, the photo yeah, we're lucky yeah the photo is uh, presumably of you in, yeah. in 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 it almost anticipates your move to nashville is that fair to say <laughs> yeah it, yeah it does that you're wearing like a cowboy hat and a zoot suit almost i think uh zoot suit no zoot suit not a be, zoot suit a, like a, a nudie a nudie a nudie suit yeah. is what i meant to say yeah or, nudie-esque but sort of your uh your uh, homemade cobbled together uh, version <laughs> of a nudie, n- nudie suit. Okay, is that how everyone was dressed in the band um, at that time? Uh, you, no, just me actually. Uh, I uh, yeah, that 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 whole thing. It, that's another thing about these shows. I think that um, for me, I can I can hear it, uh, and I think anybody who would have been at any of these shows, and actually uh, any of the shows on on that tour, um, there was a whole kind of visual element. Uh, with it, with a really sort of ornate and uh, beautiful kind of stage set up, and uh, and I had that that uh, you know white suit on with uh, all this kind of gold glitter on it and stuff, um, and the whole thing to me, and you know, it kind of did this thing where it just brought like a certain sort of ceremony and certain uh, kind of gravity to the to the well, gravity is maybe the wrong word. Uh, but just a certain uh, sense of ceremony, yeah, that's the best way to put it, I think. Yeah. Uh, to the to the event, you know, and uh, you know, just really, really like it. That little thing, that little bit, can kind of like spark up. I think the energy, it can kind of take it up just a couple of notches in the room, and everyone kind of realizes that we're that you know we're all here to do something uh, hopefully special, and not just uh, you know not just another boring rock and roll show. <laughs> doesn't doesn't sound like you've had a, a a stage outfit per se before, or one is involved. Oh, no, one. no, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that's a that's a new a new idea. It's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, you realize that humans have been doing this for, you know, millenniums. I guess just having, you know, they have outfits for certain uh, certain rituals, and I think there's something really beautiful about that. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, your trajectory is interesting to me in terms of just geographically. You've, you, I, my understanding is that you were born in Alabama, you lived in Athens, you lived in Brooklyn, and now you're in Nashville. Have I got all that right? Yeah, that's pretty much got it. Pretty much it. So I'm curious, and now you know we're talking about, uh, well, I say zoot suits. I think for the next cover, by the way, you should be wearing a zoot suit. That would make <laughs> at least my error less erroneous what is it the, the, the zoot suit that's like uh that's ska stuff right like like uh what's yeah. a, what is a zoot suit exactly? well i think of a zoot suit is from the from like uh malcolm x Did you ever see the movie malcolm x sure okay right right when malcolm x was uh detroit red he would wear i think a zoot suit but i don't yeah i could be wrong about this i might i've been making several right. mistakes as you know today so it could, it could be that i <laughs> Got that wrong. Yeah, anyway. join, the, join the club, yeah. <laughs> My question is, when and why did you get interested in music? Do you remember what first sparked your, your interest in music? Um, you know, I, it's, it's never not. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Been, uh, uh, there for me, you know, I, I, some, my, some of my earliest memories are, are, uh, you know, musically related just in terms of being, uh, you know, probably weirdly affected by, by, you know, radio songs or whatever was happening. I mean, I can just remember that from being a little kid and, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it was pretty, I just, it was once, you know, once I got a hold of a guitar, uh, around you know 13 years old or something like that I it, it was never really uh there was no question for me what 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 path I was going to pursue you know that's just it was the music sort of uh, was your family interested in music or did you just discover it on your own yeah I mean no they they were you know everybody everybody enjoys music and uh my my mom and dad can can play a little guitar and they sing and they were you know there was a piano in the house and stuff, uh, but but you know it certainly wasn't uh, wasn't really a, a a thing that people did for a career by by any you know any stretch of the imagination. Did you have an alternate plan? No, um, I I didn't. I was uh, I was weirdly weirdly uh, stubborn. Uh, and to a, you know, to a, probably to a fault, I think any, any rational person looking at, you know, the first long, many years of, of me doing this, I think would be, um, but yeah, just like I said, it, it wasn't, there wasn't really a, another, another path. This was it. You knew you were going to be making music in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And did you work with others or have you always been kind of your own entity? Yeah. I've, uh, I mean, lot. I've worked with a lot of people, you know, uh, in and out of this thing. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's I'm, and I'm still kind of, kind of in that in that mind frame of uh, you know, it's always just been a the act of creating this stuff is 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 some is a solitary thing. Like I, I haven't you know, I haven't figured out the way to just openly create. Um, with other people even present, you know, maybe it's a, uh, you know, self, self-consciousness or, or, or something, but I, I just don't, uh, there's a certain vulnerability I think, uh, required, uh, or for me, like a certain, I, I would, you know, I, I would have to say if I'm, if I'm being you know honest, I'd have to say it's some sort of, I think, spiritual kind of mind frame that I need to, to sort of get into, uh, you know, when making this stuff, uh, and, and dealing with these kinds of 
this kind of subject matter, I guess. And for whatever reason, I just, you know, it doesn't, it seems to be incompatible with the kind of, uh, outlook you have in your day to day life, you know? Um, and it seems, it seems hard to access that stuff if, uh, yeah, for me anyway, um, if anybody else is around. So, okay. So when you collaborate with people you play with, it's it's less a collab. Well, I mean, I, I gather that you've given, particularly with the band you had when you were touring Muchacho, people had mm-hmm. some um, some liberties or some, they were able to augment things Absolutely. or add things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The creative, it's weird. For me, there's a, there's a pretty strict uh, sort of split in my mind. Uh, from the making of the records and then the live uh, thing, thankfully there's a split like this because I think it would, you know, it'd be too much. I think if it all felt the one way, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I I, I feel pretty uh, like once I've done my job making these songs and kind of you know creating what what they are, um, hopefully. They're, you know they're strong enough to to withstand all these other treatments, right? So and and, I, and I'm really, I don't really get bent out of shape about what happens in a live environment because it's just it's like we said before, you know, it's it's just what that song happens to be that night, right? And hopefully, if you've done your job right, they're strong enough. So, so the next time you go out on the road, I think you've got a show in April or something like that. Don't don't you? Yeah, there, yeah. There's one. There's one more show. Yeah. So the next time you take these songs on the road, I mean, will you be employing the same band, or will they take a whole new shape? These songs, I mean. Uh, yeah, no. This this uh, this one show in Austin is, is definitely going to be the same band. Um, and yeah, you know, well, you know, and these guys, they're all they're all uh, great players and great people, and and uh, you know, I, I I don't know what form past that will go though in terms of uh the next record you know it's kind of always the the songs kind of guide what to do there but um Mm -hmm. but you know i mean at this point like i would you know i'd um you know i mean i'd be a fool to try to play play a piano part myself if i'm in the studio when you know i'm now married to a you know someone who's you know ten thousand times the (laughs) musician that i am you know what i mean so and you know so i'll be i'm sure i'll I'll holler at these folks because yeah i couldn't i couldn't speak highly enough about how how good they all are so you say you're married to a great piano player oh yeah the girl uh the organ player on this on this record is uh is yeah my wife we had a we had a baby we're down here in nashville okay so you that that, yeah that's interesting all right well yeah no that's good are you how would you characterize the relationship you have with your fans? You seem to have a, a quite a, a a fervent following, um, and I'm curious if if you see it that way. Uh, how, how, I assume you value that relationship and you're grateful for it. But uh, do you have any other insights about why you may resonate with people the way you have been? Um, no, and yes, you know. I mean, you're absolutely right if, about about. Uh, you know, valuing it and, uh, uh, and certainly appreciating it. And, uh, um, but as far as, you know, insights, the, the, um, it's kind of like I said before, it's, it's, the whole thing is still a bit of a mystery. Um, and I don't mean in like, you know, a wide eyed sort of just like, uh, naive kind of way. Uh, uh, but I mean in a, in a true sense that, um, 
you know, the alchemy of, of what happens with, I think, making, making songs and making art like this. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why, uh, you know, guttingly sad songs from other, from other artists have, have uh, meant so much to me. Um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really make sense that, that, I mean, there's a shared catharsis, I guess, or something, but, um, you know, like, I guess what I mean is I get it, you know, um, I understand cause I felt that exact same way for about, about all the stuff I love. Um, sure. Does but it, any, but does any, it, but any further than that, then it's, it becomes kind of a dead end, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Does it ever feel? Does it get weird? Does it get when you're? <laughs> does it has right. it ever been like? Uh, I'm almost uncomfortable with how much I've given of myself and 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 the way people are even processing it. No, uh, I mean yes, sure it does, but not in any way that's that's like uh, that's uh, a real problem. And and I think that's a lot of to do with with uh, I think the the safety net or not safety net. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a, I think one of the one of the building blocks of this thing was was not calling it you know Matthew Hauk um, mm-hmm. all those years ago, but but calling it phosphorescent and it, it's it's just a project you know it's something uh, so I know for example where my personal uh, story ends and, and and phosphorescent begins you know um, and I, th- I guess that is confusing for a lot of people. Uh, because for some reason, songwriters, you know, uh, I think people assume that they, they must always be singing from the heart specifically about something that happened to them personally, you know, as opposed to crafting a narrative um, or something as, as opposed to outright fiction. Yeah. 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 It, it is an interesting thing. And when you're kind of ostensibly on your own, I think people ascribe more intimacy to it. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Which can be strange. That's why I ask if it's strange. I'm not trying to ask you if it's really weird, but I bet it can be strange. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a, a particular highlight reel for Phosphorescent at this point? I mean, you've been doing this for, what, you've been releasing records as Phosphorescent for, what, 12 years, something like that now? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it took a while to get that uh, that first record ever, you know, ever put out. So I've been, I've been... I guess calling this thing phosphorescent for quite a while. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, the, I think, yeah, of course there's, there's highlights, you know, I mean, you know, making a, making an album called to Willie. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, having, having Willie Nelson somehow secretly find my phone number and call me up, uh, is, you know, like one of the, one of the more amazing things <laughs> that you could, you can imagine happening, you know? So like that kind of stuff, of course, immediately jumps to mind. What did Willie actually um, say? What did Willie have to say? Uh, he was super, super sweet and, uh, just, just said he really liked the record and, uh, you know, invited, invited, uh, me to come over and, and, uh, he was going to be in town really soon afterwards. And, uh, yeah, went, hung out on the bus, said hello. And then later, uh, he invited us to play, that thing called Farm Aid. I don't know if you guys know about that. <laughs> yeah, we're, in, we're, uh, in Canada. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're well aware um, of Farm Aid, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, you know, got to sing with him. He sang a song with us, with us and, you know, just kind of, you know, like just really, really amazing sort of dream type scenario, you know? That's um, the stuff right there. I mean, what, what yeah, could be better you know, than that? That's amazing. Really, it really is something else. So, yeah, that kind of stuff. 
So there's stuff like that happens, and you, you're resonating, and it feels good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. Well, you, you got the live record, and it's, in a sense, it's uh, it marks a chapter. It's, uh, you know, about 10 years of records by the time you'd recorded. I know you say it's... Uh, You'd be, you've been operating before that, but you know it's, it, this 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 seemed like a definitive thing, it, it, if I might yeah. say. I'm, I'm curious, what's next for you? I mean, you say you're just setting up your studio and trying to get stuff going again, but uh, where are you yeah. at? Where are you at creatively? Uh, I'm honestly uh, like standing in front of an empty field. Uh, I yeah, I I, I don't know. I, it's which is you know a little bit. It's it's not. It's kind of refreshing, actually, to feel this way. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's I. You know, having a baby uh, really took took. I think it kind of. Uh, uh, I think. Alters, you know, obviously. The way you look at stuff, but I mean, but in a specific sense, I think it. You know, I mean, it's kind of like. Uh, I've been less inward looking, uh, over the past, you know, months, uh, than before. So, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, what kind of stuff, uh, is, I don't, you know, I don't know. I really don't. How, how old is your daughter? Uh, she just now is a year. Oh, okay. There you go. I got, I have a three, yeah. three and a half month old daughter and a three and a half year old boy. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. There you go. It's three a, and a half. Congratulations. Yeah, this <laughs> is three and a half is the magic number. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty uh, remarkable and fun, and and uh, it changes everything. I mean, it seems like a banal <laughs> thing to say, but it really does. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I, I know as a creative person, it can be difficult, but I'm I hope uh, that uh, on another level, you'll find a whole other. I, I hope you'll find a whole other level of uh, you know inspiration and motivation. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's. Uh, it feels like a, a sort of a, not a closing or an opening really, but more of just like a, a, a directional shift of the, of the tractor beam, you know, something like that. Yeah. And um, the fact that, that <laughs> the other weird thing that I didn't realize right away is that the, the kids keep growing and changing. And, and so as soon as you get married to an idea or like, even for me, like, I'm like, I will only record interviews at this time of day. Well, that's not going to last because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Um, Absolutely, and that's yeah. what you'll probably discover too as a guy like yeah everyone come over and we'll start recording it oh can't do it sorry uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah schedule's definitely so wait did you have did you have your uh did you say a, a new boy or a new girl no my boy levon was born uh three years ago and ramona was born three and a half months ago yeah december yeah so was right on new year's or something or no 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 december's second happy birthday to my oh, okay. daughter everyone cool. just so you all know <laughs> yeah december uh second uh, yeah. yeah very cool is that uh, right is that three and a half months it's roughly three and a half months isn't it am i wrong uh, yeah it's about three and a half no, months. yeah no yeah. you're absolutely right yeah 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 so it's uh it's been good it's been really fun she's great uh she's a better baby than my son was don't yeah. don't tell anyone <laughs> That'd be right that'd be right are you thinking already like i know you're wrapping your head around one would you consider a second uh, yeah, you know, why not? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it's the way it goes. We'll see what happens. Well, I, I do wish, yeah, exactly. you the, I wish you the best of luck with all of this. Uh, once again, the new uh, Phosphorescent release is live at the Music Hall. It's available now via Dead Oceans. You can learn more about it at deadoceans.com or Phosphorescent Music 
Uh, Matthew, is there a song from the new live release that we can play for people right now? New live? Yeah, you know, maybe uh, I think there's a... Maybe try. Well, what kind of? What are we trying to do? Uh, <laughs> Doesn't get, matter. Get it's deep just, in, yeah, well, yeah. Dive whatever. deep into the heart of the thing, or, or uh, well, it's yeah, a, maybe it's your call, really. There's an old song on there, uh, probably one of the older songs on the on the record that I think took on a um, that I think is really like a, a a nice picture of what this band was doing in terms of pulling something out of it new every night. Um, that's a, that's a track called Dead Heart. Okay. Um, that uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty fond of that one. You just you're just happy with uh, with the interpretation of it. There's nothing more to really. You th- it, did it revitalize this? It obviously revitalized the song. Did it reinvent the song? Did you feel like? Oh yeah, I mean it's a totally different thing from from you know the the song that is had you know was on a record eight years before that. Um, but I guess what I, for me it it was it was kind of the. And I think for the band it was kind of the one that that when we threw it into the set, uh, which we we did pretty often. Uh, would really be one that we would rally around and and play off of each other in a way that I think kind of informed the way we began playing with each other uh, oh, okay. across all the all the other songs. If, if that makes sense, I see. It's a, it's a bit of an auspicious something happened when you yeah. clicked in with this one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all exactly. right. That's cool. This is phosphorescent uh, with uh, the live version of Dead Heart from their new release, live at the Music Hall. Uh, Matthew, it was a tremendous pleasure speaking with you. And as I say, best of luck with everything down there in Nashville. Thank you so much. Same to you. Thank you. This is a song called Dead Heart. Here we go.
Thank you. Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.